0: Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is MMA Junkie Radio. Junkie Radio. We roll!
1: Hello Junkie Nation, Gorgeous George and Goes are reporting for duty here it's thursday morning it's march 9th hope you're all well we're going to cover the latest news in mixed martial arts and well honestly a little bit of boxing because there's going to be some jake paul uh there's a story out there that we want to cover uh street fight variety drop so i, I kind of like that i like, gotta be honest and then we'll preview the stuff that's coming up this weekend Bellator has a card. They're launching their Grand Prix in the lightweight division. Uh, UFC has a card as always. Uh, I don't. A lot of people might not know this, but Krylov and Span are going to run it back this time at 215 pounds. Remember that fight fell apart two weeks ago on fight day. So that one's coming back, not at 205 but at 215. <coughs> and of course, Peter <laughs> Jan Marab Davilishvili, they get down in the main event. So we'll. Talk a little bit about that. It's going to be a fun show as always. And we'll be back to start MMA Junkie Radio again on a Thursday. It is March 9th. All right. So I failed to mention Jay Haran also going to be on our show. Who is Jay Haran? Some of you might actually be asking because – he hasn't fought in ten years, and the last time was in the UFC, almost to the date. But in fact, we'll just get going with with, with this. Uh, not him, not the interview itself, but uh, I'll just continue telling you a, a little bit about it. He was the guy on the opposite side of Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Is it Gyllenhaal goes or Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal, right?
2: Lance Gyllenhaal, yeah.
1: Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was. Uh, he's playing Elwood Dalton, and they're doing a remake of Roadhouse. Not Roadhouse Part Two because there is a Roadhouse Part Two that was done. A lot of people don't know this, but there was a Roadhouse Part Two, but it's a remake of Roadhouse. And Roadhouse, uh, what's Roadhouse? A lot of people might be saying that's like thirty years old.
2: That one I won't forgive.
1: Yeah, and so Roadhouse is a very popular cult-like movie, but no, I mean, I actually had mainstream success starring Patrick Swayze, and uh, it's about a bouncer. Uh, in a club in California, who gets recruited to be what's called a cooler, I guess, and and that means like somebody that can just put an end to all the nonsense and kick kicks some ass, right? And he's gonna move to the Midwest, somewhere in Kansas, I believe, to take over a deuce double deuce Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And that that's played by um, by Patrick Swayze. So let me see, Terry Funk Jr. is in it, and. Uh, wait, wait, Wade, Wade Garrett. What's his real name? I
2: was just trying to remember that. Uh, he's the voice of Coors, right? Yeah, he's also Morgan in Tombstone. Eighteen uh, yeah,
1: was eighty three. Yeah, he was in eighteen eighty three. Why? Oh I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. Why? Why can't I? Here, here, I'll look it up. Wade Garrett in Roadhouse. Anyway, there's a few other. uh Sam Elliott, that's right. Sam, Sam Elliott, Elliott yeah. yeah. So he's in it as well, and it's a, it's really, really a great movie. You should probably watch that one before this next one comes out later on this year. Um. So Jake Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and he, it's tied into him also being a former MMA fighter. And so they filmed some scenes this past week here in Vegas during UFC 285, and they actually did a weigh-in scene at the weigh-ins. And a fight scene at the fights. And Jay Haran plays Jax Harris, the middleweight champion who Elwood Dalton fights. Mm -hmm. And Jay Haran's been a friend of the show for a long time. So we booked him. We're going to catch up with him. And Jay always delivers in his interviews.
2: Hey, so Nolan King on our staff is notorious for every time I bring up one of these movies. He goes, I haven't seen it. Um, Top Gun is on his list. Mm Mm-hmm over the top um i think hoosiers
1: has he said bring him to me and i'll watch him or he just oh he just states that he hasn't seen him and that's it
2: he says bring him to me but he does it in a way where you kind of know he's just not gonna do it i think right. Unless, like, like if i think if i told him hey man i really need you to see this he would do it but i think if i just leave it in his hands he'll never get to it uh so what would you guess if he's seen the original roadhouse
1: but he hasn't seen
2: it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm going to get the answer by the end of this show.
1: If he hasn't seen Top Gun nor Hoosiers, then I could see him not have seen not watching this. There's just no really reason to like I mean, I guess he does like combat sports and there's some good fight scenes in it, so he hasn't sure. seen <laughs> he hasn't seen it? No. Yeah, he needs to see it. You all need to see it. It's 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 not a bad investment of ninety minutes. I I don't think you're gonna DM me or text me or whatever and say you're a fool. I just wasted my time. There's no way, not on that one. There's some where I'm like, uh, like you know what goes. The other day I I made our nieces that were visiting. I didn't make them, but I suggested we watch Kate Fear. We sat there, we watched it, and I remember I loved Cape Fear because I'm a big Robert De Niro fan. When it first came out in 1993, I believe, sitting there watching it with them, I was probably, I was trying to put myself in their position, and you could tell uh, as I was reading their faces, they were like, "This ain't that great," you know, but we're being courteous, and but you know, De Niro, Max, Katie just wouldn't go away, right?
2: It's, it's like, like when you're listening to Bad Bunny.
1: I think they got a kick out of it. Yeah, you know, it was just a little bit of, I guess, a family time. So we got it done. Bad Bunny's dating Kendall Jenner. Did you know that?
2: You know, they've been kind of like saying rumor, rumor, but they see him. So they go into the same restaurants. Is it like official now?
1: Uh, It looks like it. Yeah. Hmm.
2: Well, she'll ruin him, right? It was
1: right? like six months ago and or three months ago or two months ago. And now he's all over the place. He was on the Grammys the other day. And now he's. Dating the supermodel, so good for him. All right. Uh Roadhouse. Can't suggest it enough. Jay Harris. Jay Haran will pl- plays Jack Harris. He'll be on the show. And, all right, let's get to some real MMA stuff going on. Go, Let's talk some real MMA. Let's get to the meat and potatoes fighting, right? Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Let's talk about this <laughs> Forbes list or whatever it is. The top 50 athletes of
2: all time. Wait. Of this year? Of last year, right?
1: No, this is of all time.
2: Of all time? Yeah, that's oh, what I the article. Yeah, the article says
1: <clears throat> that Conor McGregor is one of the 50th 50 top athletes of all time. And I called it a Forbes list, but was it a Forbes list? Hold on a second. What was really really cool is we have a gif that's part of the headline and the picture. On the article, it was really cool. You could see it on the phone, and now you can see it on the website, and it's a bunch of hundreds raining. I had never seen that Sportico report, so it wasn't Forbes. I don't know why I said Forbes. Forbes usually puts out the top paid athletes every year, so I just jumped the gun on it, right? But here's the list. The top 50 highest paid athletes of all time. Want to take a guess who's number one?
2: Of all time? uh, Tiger Woods? He's number two. Uh, Wait, not Serena. Tiger. I mean, Jordan, because he's got Jordans, right? Jordan is number one.
1: Number two, Tiger Woods. Number three, you're not going to guess. Arnold Palmer. (laughs) Number four, you might guess, because I said Arnold Palmer, so I'll give you the guess.
2: Bill Nicholson?
1: No, Jack Nicklaus. Number five. Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, wow. LeBron James. Number seven, Lionel Messi. Number eight, Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. Number Uh nine, Roger Federer. Number 10, Phil Mickelson. Number 11, Michael Schumacher. I know you started watching Formula One recently, so you may have missed the, the Schumacher era. But you probably heard the name, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. His he, son races now.
1: He, along with Lewis Hamilton, are have won the most races, and I guess Lewis Hamilton holds that spot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Number twelve. We're gonna play, goes, We're gonna play a game called. Um, I have think the audience was, pull their remember, hair out. Remember the pyramid where you had sixty seconds? I give you clues, and you guess.
2: No. I, I I've heard of the pyramid game and I remember seeing I just don't remember how it goes. Okay, right now it
1: goes it's 819 with 15 seconds. Okay. So at 819 with 30 seconds, I'm gonna give you uh a bunch of clues and you try and guess the the, the athlete. All right, ready? Okay, yeah. Uh all right, number 12, bended like Beckham. Number Beckham. 13, helicopter crash. Kobe Bryant. Number 14, um, uh, the Big Aristotle. Oh no, I know this. How could I not, uh, pass? Uh, uh, the Shaquille O'Neal. Yes. Okay. Number fifteen. Um, shark. Um. Oh my God. Pass. Okay. Number sixteen. Uh, used to live in Vegas. Had tigers. Mike Tyson. Number seventeen. Brazilian soccer player.
2: Uh not Pele, right? Current. Current? Yeah. Uh that would make that much money? Friend of uh Jenny Andraj. Oh um, um oh my god. Oh my god, his name oh my god
1: Neymar. Yes, number 18. Rival to LeBron James for many years. Jumps teams a lot. Ah 60 seconds expired. So you got Neymar, Tyson, Shaq. Kobe and Beckham. The guy you missed, Shark, was Greg Norman. He was the shark. Oh, okay. The golf. first thing
2: that popped in my head was Jerry Tarkanian. And then I was thinking maybe you're just trying to rhyme something. But No. The
1: rival to LeBron James for many years, I guess, has been kind of Kevin Durant. Yeah. But... I would
2: have never expected that
1: name to be up there, though. Yeah. I'll finish this because this is an interesting list. Lewis Hamilton is 19. 20 is A-Rod. Manny Pacquiao is 21, Tom Brady's 22, Jeff Gordon's 23, George Foreman, 24, Valentino Rossi, 25, Peyton Manning, Oscar De La Hoya, Rafael Nadal, Stephen Curry, Derek Jeter, we're at number 30. I'm going to finish it at this point. Ernie Ells, he's a golfer, 31, 32. Dale Earnhardt Jr., 33. Conor McGregor, 615 million they've they've estimated that he's made from uh from i guess this is sponsorships earnings you know from athletics and and stuff like that so it's obviously a large portion of this came from proper whiskey i imagine
2: is he our only representative in mixed martial arts
1: so far yeah it looks like that'll be the only one he's tied with magic johnson by the way
2: i thought floyd would be up there higher I'll I give you the know. numbers
1: in just a second. Kevin Garnett, six hundred and ten million. How did Garnett make so much money? I don't know. That's really shocking. Me. Uh, Fernando Alonso. That sounds like a Formula One. Maybe is. Gary Player's a golfer. Evander Holyfield's a boxer. Serena Williams. Is this the first female name? Yeah, she cracked the top forty. She's made six hundred million, and she's on like I see her do stuff with Chase a lot. I thought she would be in the top 20. And uh, Andre Agassiz just below. Serena Williams, Novak, Jokovic, Russell Westbrook, 550 million. Kimi Raikkonen, sounds like Formula One. Rory McIlroy is a golfer. Dwayne Wade, Drew Brees, Carmelo Anthony, Canelo Alvarez, Chris Paul, and James Harden. James Harden's at 510 million. So he's, this is the top 50, and he's at 510 million earnings that he's made in his life. Now, Jordan made 3.38 billion. Tiger Woods, 2.58 billion. So Michael Jordan's almost a whole billion ahead of Tiger Woods. Wow. And then Arnold Palmer is almost a whole billion behind Tiger Woods. So Jordan, then it drops about. Almost a billion, Tiger Woods, and it drops almost a billion, and then Arnold Palmer, and then Jack Nicklaus is right below Arnold Palmer at one point six eight uh, three eight billion. Cristiano Ronaldo about one point six billion. LeBron James is right around where Cristiano Ronaldo is. Lionel Messi doesn't trail them much by much, and then Floyd Mayweather is close to what Lionel Messi is, one point four billion. Roger Federer one almost four billion. Yeah, there you go. How about that? It's pretty amazing. So McGregor is, he hasn't cracked a billion yet. And he's number 33. He's the only MMA fighter in here. He's not the only combat sports athlete because we mentioned Foreman, Mayweather. Mayweather, and Canelo. And I can't remember if we mentioned Pacquiao was in there as well. I thought he'd be higher too. And he's not the richest European because we mentioned Ronaldo. He's Portuguese. Messi's Argentinian. Federer's Swiss. Schumacher's German. Beckham's British. So, yeah, he's not even in – he's not even there. He's probably the richest Irish, I believe. Um, uh, good for him is all I can say. And right now he's currently fighting – Sorry, he's currently coaching The Ultimate Fighter 31 with Michael Chandler. Uh, I don't know if you heard the post-fight fight uh, fight post press conference with Dana White. Dana White said that so far filming is going kind of like normal, except something went down, something broke out on Friday. Did you hear about that?
2: Yeah, he said that is, uh, for the most part, they had been kind of getting along, and then all of a sudden a topic was hit, and they went crazy, right?
1: Yes. So Amy Kaplan, who covers the sport, lives in Vegas. And if you ever hear a female va- voice at uh, these press conferences, pre-fight, post-fight, it's it's a good chance it's hers. She tweeted last night that what she had heard was that there was a a fight on the ultimate fighter. It resulted in a knockout. You know what? Let me just get it because this is last night someone got like mcgregor jumped in in, into like kind of like over the cage a slap was thrown i don't know if if it was you know mcgregor to chandler or vice versa i don't see chandler doing that but a slap was thrown and then a brouhaha ensued that was broken up by nevada state athletic commission so let me see here amy kaplan let's get it right I didn't think we were going to chat about this. That's why I didn't have it really up, but uh, she's photo Amy. If you want to follow, photo Amy 33, if you want to follow her on, on Twitter. Here's what ha- Here's what I learned about the McGregor-Chandler incident that Dana was alluding to on Saturday. Apparently someone was KO'd and McGregor jumped in the cage, shoved Chandler. Someone got slapped and the teams rushed the cage. NSAC broke it up. Video interviews coming soon. Hashtag Tough 31. Hmm. All right. Mm. Um, yeah, Dana said it was an ugly incident. But that's all that's all I know. Okay. Jake Paul. Speaking of n- not talking about actual MMA, Jake Paul, he had an incident too with Floyd Mayweather. Did you hear about that?
2: Sort of an incident, right?
1: Sort of an incident, yes. So both Paul and Mayweather were in attendance for the Miami Heat-Cleveland Cavaliers game at the FTX Arena in Miami, Florida. After the game, outside the arena, uh, Paul and his crew kind of met up with Mayweather and his crew. And Mayweather had a larger crew, and they approached Jake Paul. Now, I guess these teams always have their film guy right and now if you go to tmz or just go to mma junkie i mean we have the story right there you can see the the verbal altercation you can hear floyd's team it looks like maybe it's even his cameraman says are we gonna bust them up guys where are you running jake because jake kind of like assessed the situation and then took off all right so not much really really happened a few guys started to want to maybe chase jake paul but they didn't between the two i've never really heard of too much other than jake paul kind of had logan paul's back when logan paul boxed uh, floyd mayweather and he snatched his hat floyd's team chased him down kind of roughed him up a little bit and i think jake got a kick out of it and he may have even kept the cat hat i don't even know um so jake paul obviously ran to his social media afterwards and say man are you still pissed about the hat like what's the deal here uh, he went he also said you had 50 guys. I think the first time he said you had 25 guys. To me, it looked kind of goes like 10 to 3, maybe. Um, but you know, it's funny because everyone's saying, like, what are you running to, Jake? Well, I think if Floyd with the like if the roles were reversed, I, I think Floyd might run too. You know, like I, I mentioned Jake's crew was about three, but only one of them was like a bodyguard. The mm-hmm. other looks like maybe one one guy was his video guy, and then the other one was maybe a homie. Like, he didn't have large people in front of him. So if the if the script was flipped, and it was just Floyd and one dude, you know, and a homie, you know, and a camera guy, and Jacob a- approached with, you know, a lot of people, I don't know. I, I think it might, you know, it might turn out differently as well. But what well, what did you think of this incident?
2: I have no problem with him running because that's kind of like his uh persona he's like a pro wrestling manager like like almost like a jackass uh, guy or something like like a little bit of a weasel yeah like he doesn't play by well yes and no because he actually does get in there right but he he's famous because he doesn't really play by the rules so you never really know what he's gonna do so in this case, I just kind of laugh like it's kind of. You know, what it reminded me of dude, like a bad guy that lives to fight another day, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen in a cartoon or something like that? Like he just did that, you know. And like I, I wouldn't even have found that really shocking if I was in Floyd's crew. Like if we really wanted to piece him up, I probably would have said, "Hey, we need to get around him right away because this fool's gonna run." Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. That that's kind of what makes him so funny is you can't get, you can't catch him. You know, like every time you try and put him in a pickle, he finds his way out with the exception of this last fight where he actually took a loss, but he always finds a way out. And so that didn't shock me at all. And I probably would have done the same thing if I was him. I mean, uh, if it's just Floyd getting in your face and he's the one that's talking all the smack, then it's a little different. But you got a bunch of other people that are saying shit. Uh, Yeah, there's no sense in getting pieced up for no reason.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's made headlines. It's all over TMZ and MMA Junkie. And so Jake challenged him to a boxing match, which I don't want to see because I think Floyd recently had another exhibition and uh, I don't find it compelling. I don't think Jake Paul can outbox Floyd Mayweather, even though Floyd's like 45 or 46 now. And they're not even the same weight class and – that was kind of logan paul's thing you know so i don't mm-hmm. see this thing needing to happen especially with jake coming off a loss it's like kind of like a little bit of the luster was lost um i think he should just try and avenge tommy fury and get that figured out and if it sells well then do the trilogy or just get to the nate Diaz portion and then eventually retire and get into managing or whatever other form of entertainment he wants to do. He's a su- successful YouTuber. Uh, He's made some money boxing, so I-, I wouldn't put it past him to
2: succeed in another realm of life. Right. I think uh, his best bet is to beat up an MMA guy Uh because he came up short against Tommy Fury because he wasn't as good a boxer. Mm-hmm. And he needs time to catch up. Is Tommy Fury is going to keep fighting. He's going to keep getting better. So I don't know that it was a matter of he had an off night. That didn't feel like an off night. I just felt like the other guy was better. And so if he takes that fight right away and he loses, in my opinion, he loses having that little title of trying to be a pro boxer. Now everybody goes, that experiment's over. So I would go beat up an MMA guy and keep that little title up there hanging. In boxing, because he can't beat up an MMA guy in a street fight or in MMA. Right. So keep that still intact. Mm -hmm. Beat up an MMA guy and then come back at some point and do your boxing, but keep trying to get better at boxing if that's really what you want to do. Right. Yeah, that might
1: work. Hell, if he had played his cards right, maybe he could have been Elwood Dalton in the remake of Roadhouse. (laughs) That would be tough. Well, maybe, I don't know. Um, It's not like it was an award-winning film. It was just it kind of, kind of had, like, a cult-like following, you know, because of Swayze might, and
2: You still have to kind of hang true to the original in the sense that, like, he was a humble dude, right, like Dalton. This guy's, like, the opposite. He might be he might be uh, the bad guy. What was his name?
1: He would, would have been a good bad guy, yeah. J, well, Jay Haran portrayed Jax Harris, which is the bad guy. When they tie in the fact that Elwood Dalton was a, a former MMA fighter but the bad guy in that movie was Brad Wesley the rich guy mm-hmm. in town uh, it was a city in Kansas I forget what it was called but um yeah I mean I don't think Brad Wesley was an older figure mm-hmm. um, but I guess in the new modern movie he could be you know maybe the town's bad guy or whatever who if knows? They
2: even do it like close to that because they're already really steering away Right, none of, none of this was involved in the first one. I actually, not yesterday, the day before, I saw the remake of House Party, and that was somewhat. When did that come out? Uh, this year, who's in it? Nobody you would recognize. You're talking about I the mean, kid play it, movie with
1: Robin Harris, the comedian,
2: yeah, but um, but a lot of celebrities were in it. Was it good? I think you're gonna, if you really want it to be true to the original, then you're probably gonna be pissed, but I actually found myself laughing at times except for one little part where it kind of gets a little crazy mm-hmm. but for the most part like I, I probably would have given them a fist bump and said alright, you kind of did your own thing with your twist Uh, but uh, it, it was a decent twist Why did they recreate it? Why didn't they just call it something else? I don't know I wonder
1: if there's value in just recreating a movie and modernizing. I mean, yeah, I I guess that's a silly question because there's been a lot of these. I think oceans 11 was actually one of those, Mm -hmm. but um, I probably would have watched oceans 11. Let's just say you called it the great casino robbery instead of oceans 11. Mm -hmm. And you told me, Oh, Brad Pitt's in it. Don Cheadle's in it. George Clooney's in it. They rob a casino. I think I'd be, I think I'd go, Oh yeah. Good enough for me. I'll, where do I watch it, right? You don't need to sell me with, like, you won't see me going, ah, I don't know if I want to watch it. Then you go, no, nah, bro. It's a remake of the 50s classic or the 60s classic or the 40s classic. You're not going to hear me go, oh, now I'm in. You see what I'm saying? Like, I felt like it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I don't know why there's sometimes value in these remakes.
2: I mean, I don't think you'd want to stab anyone, but uh, I know there's one part that you would, be very close to stabbing someone but but for the most part i think you'd you'd probably be giggling at shit that happens mm-hmm.
1: i i brought up boys in the hood the other day i think when we were filming triple g roadhouse point break cape fear house party the untouchables goodfellas uh shawshank redemption these are all like early 90s late 80s movies and there's some really good ones in there. So if you're a millennial or generation Z, you're in your, you know, you're in your apartment and you're all caught up on your homework. You're getting high with your friends. Watch those movies. I I, I guarantee you you're you're gonna get a kick out of them. There's some good ones there waiting for people. The same way we went back and watched some good ones too that our parents told us about. Uh, that's what we're doing, you know, and and that, movies really started getting fine tuned, I guess, throughout our generation. Um, the only thing I can think of is you're not going to see cell phones, you're not going to see
2: um, laptops. I don't think in most of them, and that's probably a big shock for uh, a young person, you know, like libraries, encyclopedias, stuff like that to see that right. type of stuff typewriters that probably is a pretty big shock you know i know we're getting a little off track here but you know what i've been kind of wanting to do mm. our our mom and dad have not been to the movies in a really long time especially our dad um i i want to say the last movie dad saw in the movie theater was orca right <laughs> i think so and then I know moms, because I it's, took her. It's It's probably not, but it's funny to say it. But it, there's a chance it might be, yeah. Like um, 1976. <laughs> our, and our mom, I took her to the last movie. It was Troy. So that was a really long time ago. So I kind of just want want to take them, just so they could see what a movie theater looks like now. Because remember, back when they went, it was a lot different. Now it's stadium seating and all this shit. Like um i think they would maybe just get a kick out of walking into one because they haven't been in one in so long you'd probably fall asleep they probably would but uh it might be worth it just to see them walk in and go wow like this is what it's like now yeah all right jay
1: haran we're ready to talk to jay haran former man this guy fought everywhere strike force bellator ufc ifl he's an og and uh Now that he's transitioned into making movies as or or being part of part of the movie making industry as a stuntman and he's gotten some roles, we're happy and, and we were happy to see him last week. So let's catch up with the thoroughbred. What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and goes are back with another good friend of the show, another superstar from the sport of mixed martial arts. He won titles in the uh, IFL, excuse me. He was a Bellator tournament winner and, of course, a UFC veteran. Jay Haran joins us here on the program. What's up, Jay? How are you?
0: What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. Yeah, man.
1: Stoked to see you this past week. You know, during the UFC 285 festivities, uh, along with that, there was some movie. There was some uh, scenes being filmed for yeah. the Roadhouse movie that's coming up, and I saw you. You know, uh, having a character. <laughs> we were really, really pumped up for that. Jax Harris, yeah. UFC middleweight champion, made an appearance. Uh, you got to fight Elwood Dalton. And um, you know what's funny, Jay, is we're literally about just like 10 days, sorry, 10 years past your last time being in the Octagon. Did you know that? Almost to the day.
0: Hey, who would have knew? And I'm back.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, was, and you were was, in good shape, was, too. Oh, man.
0: Come on, bro. You see this guy? You see uh, Jake? He looks no, like I'm he, saying he, you were in good shape, no. though. He... Yeah, but that's why. I mean, I'm always in decent shape. Don't get me wrong. But um we were actually supposed to film this in december but for production reasons they pushed it till um to now and i was like okay cool i'm going to get him way, way better shape because i saw him his girl, bop, bop, bop. he looked like a, you know a statue he had just abs on abs and i'm like all right, cool i got you i'm mm-hmm. going to get in great shape and um yeah it uh it worked out man you know they pushed it And it was even better this time because you know it was the return of john jones the card was incredible a lot of great fighters got great fights on it um connor was in town so that that was great because the last time we were supposed to film he wasn't in town so you know he he got the crowd riled up and um man it just was it was great man it was uh it was incredible
1: you we've known you since your fighting career has been over or, or heck even before the fighting career was over you're transitioning to being a stuntman, but these last few years we've got to see you have some roles. Of course, we talked about it before on Equalizer with Denzel Washington, but what was this one like? Was this one more one one of the more special ones because it returns you to your roots of combat sports?
0: Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. It was, uh, you know, when they called me about it, of course, you know how it goes, everything's hush-hush at first. And then along the time, they started, you know, telling me, okay, you know, we're, we're going to do the weigh-ins, and, you know, you know, we're going to fight on a live card. And then it all just was like, wow, this is, you know, it could be great, you know. And then of course, you know, they move the date, so then it becomes, all right, you know, hopefully it comes back around. Hopefully I'm available. I'm going to try to as best I can to make myself available. But, you know, you never know. Sometimes they call you like last minute, yo, where we're on this. This is the date now. So, you know, I, I do everything like, yo, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, and sure enough, it was, and, and it was an incredible, amazing experience. Um, you know, from, from the whole team, everybody was dialed in because li- listen, we only had six to eight minutes in there. I mean, that's pretty much one take. And if you know anything about film, you know, usually they have a um, set location, which you know they have um, security. It's it's about the the filming. It's about that, not about we're trying to get in on a on a live UFC card. So you know everything has to go right, and and it did. You know you know shout out to to everybody. You know Garrett Warren is the stunt coordinator, Steve Brown the fight coordinator. Of course, Jake came in and and Shine did his thing. He was ready, and um, you know the director Doug Lyman. I mean everybody just was on point and. You know, when the lights came on, everybody was shining. So that was incredible.
1: You know, I would have thought you would have doubled as, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to, get you two paychecks here, but I would have thought you would have doubled as a character, Jax Harris. Um, get him some pay-per-view points too. He was a champ. And, <laughs> right? and you, you weren't the actual fight coordinator? I would think they would lean on you, or, or maybe I'm disrespecting the Steve guy. Did he have some no. combat sports experience too?
0: Oh yeah, Steve. Steve Brown's one of the best in the Steve game. Brown. Again, like I said, Garrett Warren. This is like top level action guys in the game. One of the best action teams. They do the biggest films, Avatar down the line. You know what I mean? And and they actually got Jake, you know, ready for the for the with the fight choreo and everything. You know, um, they've been with him from early on in the production of about six to eight months ago. So. You know they did a great job of getting them ready you know you know getting them prepared and um yeah you know when he when we started rehearsing he was dialed in And um, uh, you know then again i i helped with my stuff but but you know he was ready to go okay, okay. well
1: so then shout out to the team because you guys did a great job i mean really the way in it felt like authentic like another fight had been added both guys come in shape the crowd responds and then of course Ooh. you guys had your fight scene it was all pretty authentic man is it <laughs> is it just as like you probably see it through another lens but um and i know it, it must be tough to go well i wish we would have done this or that but was it pretty much as close as you would have wanted it to be
0: on the fight and the stuff going into the cage as close to me i mean we could have a little tweaks because i'm like a perfectionist and so is jake and so is everybody down the line garrett and steve but When you're dealing with a live event a live crowd you know we don't have control of it we were using ufc camera angles usually we have a camera that we could set up for the fight to sell, to sell the choreo or whatever we have to do no no we're dealing with a live crowd where you know if it looks you know terrible they're going to let you know especially man we're in the belly of the beast we're in the ufc crowd Right. You know, these fans, these fans, you know, <laughs> they're the most hardcore fans in any sport, sport arena. So just to get the, you know, the crowd going and, and it was riled up and they were loving it. It was, it was, it made it that much more of a great experience. And again, that's going to, you know, um, shout out again to Jake. Of course, he came in and, 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 and did his thing, man. You know, it's hard to do that as, a, as you know, he's a great actor, but, you know, when you turn into a, a live event, especially a fight crowd like that, um, you know, to, to to sell everything was was incredible.
1: So, shout out well, to him, too. What was Jake like to work with? Um, was he all business, or did he take an interest in, I guess, the sport itself, and what you had to offer, and just dialing in the, the scene as, as best as possible? I ask only because some fighters are in the trailer, they know their lines, they come out, they execute, and then that's it um, others immerse themselves I mean, differently
0: i mean if i could equate it to like a fighter he's world champion actor, man you know he comes you know he's dialed in you know he wanted to again he respects fighters he respects the fight fans he respects the ufc so he wanted as uh authentic as possible even the day of we we had we got there early on the on the day on saturday and we walked through and we were rehearsing in the cage and he just told he said to all of us man I do not want it to look you know fake you know i want it to look real you know this is what i do and i was like yo bro say less yo you could if it touch if you touch me with something do not worry do not stop we keep going we do our thing you know so we were dialed in he, he was great and you know i respect him for that because he had so he had so much passion to to make it look real around fighters and and the fans he wanted it the best it could possibly be so you know And look at him. He looked great, man. He looked like a a a UFC contender. You know, he he did did. the work. He got in great shape. I I think he looked better for this part than Southport, and he looked great in Southport. So, yeah, it was
2: was great. It was great to work with him. Jay, there's times where we see something in a movie and we take for granted how much work actually goes into what could be 30 seconds of footage, right? You guys went in there and you hit the nail on the head. But how many times did it take? you know, days before, even the day oh. before to get that scene down, yeah. how many like tries yeah. We did a lot of it at the apex
0: actually, you know, we still needed a few shots in the live event, but we did do a lot at the apex and it was a, you know, it was in controlled environment, we had it. So it was locked down and, and um, you know, again, everybody was still on point, but you know, when you go to Saturday night in the live event, it was like, you know, okay, you guys got six minutes You know, get what you get. So we're not on our time. Time wasn't our friend that day. So everybody, again, a shout out to the whole team. Everybody had to be on point and everybody was, you know, we came in and and pretty much knocked out one take, man, which is incredible because like you said, when you film, it's all day. If not all day, the next day, the next. you know what I mean? It takes months to to shoot a film, Uh, let alone a big fight scene, you know, it's like, a couple days at least so uh again it was just incredible to, to get in there and, and lock it in dial in, and, and um you know get the shot pretty much
2: one take jay this might be a dumb question but going in there knowing you only have one take could you almost say that that was more nerve-wracking or maybe up to the same level <laughs> actually being in a fight like your experiences i mean it was, I had the feelings like the butter,
0: the, 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 the anxiousness, I wouldn't say, you know, um, yeah, it was, you know, we, had we you know, you had to be sharp. So I, I wouldn't say like, you know, I'm not equating it to like a fight, but you know, you had to be on point and and it was incredible just to, to everybody was just ready. You know, everybody was all cylinders were fired up. It was just, everybody was dialed in and it, it you know, we got it. So, um, again, that was, that was incredible.
2: You're dealing with something that maybe Jake didn't have to deal with. And that's, as you're doing everything you're doing, this isn't the first time you've done it. Right. So I'm sure other emotions may be coming into you as well. Memories and all that feelings. What was it like to kind of, I don't know if you embrace that, put it to the side, but what was it like dealing with it? that was just you know it was great i
0: saw everybody i haven't seen in a long time you know i saw dana you know dana's congrats uh I saw john jones um you know um it was just great to to walk down um you know memory lane and just you know get the love too so, you know everybody was like man keep doing your thing you know it was just good you know it's definitely uh made me feel good i i i was happy to be in the, the position i was you know and it just you know keep working hard. You know, that's goes back to that to me. Okay, cool. You know, grind the grind don't stop now, you know, or, you know, it's coming into, uh, you know, I'm in the right lane, just keep moving forward. Mm -hmm.
2: And and so usually it's you that goes into their world, right? Whether it's stunt work or acting, this is the first time everybody got to come into your world. (laughs) When they kind of pitched this idea and what they wanted to do with you, what were like a few points that you wanted to hear? Like as far as respect to the sport, making it look real, what were some of the things that you wanted to hear for you to say, yes, I will do this part?
0: Um. Well, again, you know, they got the top-notch uh, action team, so I already knew it was going to be incredible, which is Garrett Warren and Steve Brown. Um, these guys know what they're doing. Um, you know, they're perfectionists, so I already knew it was going to be, uh, you know, it was dope to be a part of. And I was happy to uh, I knew it was going to be good, you know, uh, again, Connor Connor McGregor's in the movie. He's he's attached to the project. He has a big, um, you know, he's one of the leads on it. So, you know, um, it's, it's definitely a big project.
1: It's cool to be a fighter. It's cool to be an actor. And now that you have more <laughs> acting under your belt and you're slowly building up that resume, what's more fun?
0: good question uh what's more fun i hey man i do both i (laughs) I still do both so (laughs) that's hard to answer uh uh i have a lot of downtime, so you know as you know filming you know it it could go for a couple months but then you you have downtime i'm waiting for the next job and what do i do i'm in extreme extreme control training with all the fighters um so again there's nothing that compares to being in a fight a real fight getting your hand raised you just want the uh, a fight or a title or anything that these are you know I, it's a it's feeling you can't describe um I mean, it's hard but there's also a great feeling of you know when you do a scene and and you know with a top level actor and, and um you nail it you kill it and and then time goes by you know you get the fulfillment right there when it comes out now boom it's kind of like a slow burn and then now it's out there and it's everywhere and it's you know so it's it's kind of hard to compare but i do both so i'm I'm happy i'm good
1: (laughs) would you recommend more fighters get into stunt work or acting um we always talk about what could be next for a fighter once they retire a few of you have been able to go down the path that you have but are there even more openings or, or more work for fighters if, if they want to go, take it serious and apply themselves the way you have? I mean, you know most definitely
0: you know to, for, for being a, a real fighter, it, you have something about you, there's a persona you know that that, that comes across on screen when you just play your, the, you know yourself, what I did at the WANs. I did I played myself.
2: You know what I mean? I'm
0: not acting, I'm just playing myself and it's going to come off real. And that's what, you know, you know, acting is reacting. You know, like, like I can only say about like when Jake's like, hey, man, I'm thinking about what do you think? I'll, I'll smack you. I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's go, because I knew it was going to bring out true emotions. And, and that's what's going to look great. Um, But to answer your question. Yeah. Why not? You know, put put a uh, feelers out there for me. It was something I was doing kind of on the side, Randy Couture actually kind of got me in the business, introduced me to a couple of folks. And, you know, I kind of was doing on the side for a few years, I was still fighting. And then when I retired, I went full force into it. And, uh, you know, I gained the passion over time. You know, uh, it's a lot of work. It's not easy, for sure. You know, I put as much work, if not more, into the film business than I did for fighting. I mean, it's gonna take long hours and just, you know, uh, Nine doors close, one opens. You know that that type of thing. So, yeah, it's definitely. You know, I say if you have an interest, go for it.
1: What can you share about Jax Harris, your character? What we saw the other day is kind of all I know. But did you have more um, scenes, um, or is it this? And I know we have to tread lightly, obviously, because
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well. Pretty system. much what you've seen is is the bulk of my stuff. Okay. You know there might be a couple other little things in there, but that was the bulk of it. And um, you know I don't want to like go off into the, the story of it, but yeah, that's pretty much what uh, uh what what I brought to the table with it, and I'm and I'm totally happy with that. It was an incredible experience. You know, again I worked with uh, great people. Uh, uh, Doug Lyman, the director, he's top level, top notch. Uh, actually, the producer, uh, uh, Joel Silver, he was the original producer on the original Roadhouse, so you know oh, cool. this has history. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was great. You know, Connor's in it uh, again. Me working straight up head to head with um, um, Jake was was incredible. You know, just you know his work ethic and how he gets into the character and just you know you know that was like I was paying attention because you know I'm an actor now, so I'm just you know I know he was definitely paying attention to the fight stuff, but I'm looking at you know what he's doing on things and. And just, you know, trying to take my mental notes, too. So it was great.
1: Did you update Joel Silver from, you know, things have changed in the last 30 years? I don't know about reaching in and grabbing someone's heart. <laughs> <laughs> <Obviously>. oh, <man. laughs> I love that hey, movie, man. They, man honestly. Yeah, I
0: love no, that movie. Come on. I grew up on yeah. that, too, bro. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, right. it's incredible to be a part of
1: it, for sure. Jones, I know you have uh, a couple to wrap up, so go ahead.
2: Jay, what was um, decompression like? The second you walk back in the back, what is it like? Like, do you just want to talk about the scene? Are you just so full <laughs> of energy? What was that moment like?
0: Nah, we were, we, so here's the deal. We get back. Okay, cool. Relax. We, we're going to, we got to get a couple more shots. So I'm staying warmed up because we might get, we were like a swing bout. You know, if I could equate it to fighting, we were like a swing bout. All right. If there's a knockout or something, you guys could get a little more time in the cage. So I was just, I was still in my wraps and my gloves and I was just staying warm, you know, it really didn't, um, we really couldn't, um, just, you know, like feel fulfilled until we like, all right, that's all we got, you know, wrap it up and boom, because he still wanted to get shots of him walking, uh, out in the crowd and the fans and all that. So, um, like, I think right, right before the, the, co main event we were like yo we got everything and um you know then it was cool everybody's like yes man great job to everybody so yeah great experience man i i you know if you would have asked me five ten years ago do you think you'll be back in the ufc filming a movie i would have been like what <laughs> <laughs> that sounds crazy to me so
1: what if we what if we yeah. would have said uh what if we would ask you in 2007 Hey, do you think there'll be another day where you're the swing bout and you're getting messed with over and over like you did against Jason High for Affliction Day of Reckoning? Was it similar to that? Stay ready. Warm up. Stay ready. Warm up.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But this time there's a whole production. There's a whole production team, not just me, that has to stay ready. You know, hair and makeup, wardrobe, director, uh, camera crew. Just everybody, you know what I mean. So it was, uh, and everybody was on. You know, everybody again. They did their thing. You know, everybody was ready, and and it, it was all, you know, it was all a go. Once they said, "All right, rolling." We, you know, we didn't have uh, uh, Burt, but you know, they're like, "All right, let's go, let's go."
1: And we yeah. went out and did our thing. By the way, that was yeah. one of your better KOs, man, in your whole career. Um, the win over Jason High. Oh uh, yeah, at Affliction. And they, so.
0: they, they they were they were playing that on the on the highlights. Sweet. I don't know oh, if you've yeah. seen the highlights of the me and uh, Jake's uh, uh, entrance. Mm-hmm. They were playing that little thing, so that was pretty cool, too.
1: Well, the whole thing was pretty cool, man. Uh, Jake, congrats Thanks. for being part of it. I can't wait to be in the theater to see it. Here we're in Vegas, big- you know, I, I know it's happened with Stitch Duran a couple times with Creed or whatever, man, but I hope you kind of maybe grab a group from Extreme Couture and people from Vegas. We can all watch it together. I think it'd be fun. Dope, man.
0: Let's go. Awesome.
1: Place I don't know the it.
0: release date. I don't know the release date, but I'm thinking, yeah. you know, maybe the end of the year or beginning next year. You know, um, I know that's all the filming they needed, just the pieces of the UFC stuff. So, you know, yeah, man, let's uh talk once it gets closer and we get a date for the release. Maybe we'll do that.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for the time as always. And we'll you. see you at the gym. We'll see you around at the gym soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate right. see it. you, see you later, Jake. There you have it, Jay Haran, O G, MMA OG. He won a Bellator tournament. He won an IFL Grand Prix, was an IFL welterweight champ. So I'm glad he got some accomplishments in there. I feel like he often got overlooked and his 0-2 run. No, actually, he had a bad run in the UFC, unfortunately. But um, I still found him to be uh, a quality welterweight that just maybe wasn't in the right place at the at the right time.
2: Um, and he kind of people work his way back. A lot of people thought he beat Ben Askren, which probably would have changed his career a lot. Oh, well, for sure. Yeah.
1: He came on a little bit too late, but he kind of was the closest to giving Ben Askren a loss before Jorge Masvidal gave Ben Askren a loss. And then I think it was Damian Maya that followed up on that one. But anyway, thank you to Jay Haran for his time. All right, guys. Here's some good news. UFC veteran Mike Swick announces he's cancer-free after battling stage 4 lymphoblastic lymphoma, which is a cancer that originates in blood cells, Mm -hmm. spreads to other organs. Swick broke the news that he's now cancer-free on his Instagram page. He included a picture of what he looked like last year at 151 pounds is how low he had gotten. And now he's 205, jacked again, feeling pretty good. So that's great news.
2: That's very good news. That uh that type of cancer is no joke. And I wonder so even back to his fighting career, remember he had kind of like health issues where he couldn't really figure out the weight, sometimes putting it on or taking it off. Um this is the type of cancer that I know is really good at, like hiding. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, if uh maybe that wasn't part of the issue back in the day or I don't know, but yeah, he's um for being like looking like such a, a, a healthy guy. He's had some health scares in his life, man. I hope uh, this is the end of everything.
1: Me too. And if you all may, uh, we have a, some someone close to us named Grace. I posted on Facebook today a link to her GoFundMe. Grace and her daughter, Lisa, are like family to us. We've known them for a long time, and uh, she's like a sister to us. And Lisa is like a – we've known her since she was a little girl. You know, we treated her like a niece, and they're always part of our family functions. And she's battling a stage four cancer as well. So, you know, a lot of times I've have oh. been asked to share this, this GoFundMe for, you know, other people. And now I guess we're asking – on behalf of our family, if you can do the same share, contribute whatever you can, um, it would be great. She really has a, a tough adjustment to make in her life going forward, might have to be um, getting chemo, therapy sessions for the rest of her life, possibly. We're not sure, but um, for now, you know, we just wanna help her make ends meet and get some assisted Living, you know, like a a, a caregiver and and uh, at least take some of the immediate weight off her shoulders as she continues battling. Like this started in 2020, I believe, and she was cancer free at one point and everything was fine, but it came back again. And so this is where we're at. Uh, Hopefully we have an announcement like we just did with Mike's about Mike Slick, about about Grace. So much to all of you who uh, will read it and, and like I say, share it or contribute. We uh, thank you in advance. Um, all right, goes. So this weekend we have Bellator. We have the start of the Grand Prix. Usman uh, Narraga-Madoff is part of it. He's the champ in the lightweight division. He's defending against Benson Henderson. So Benson Henderson, we've said this for a while now because he's been in Bellator for a while, former WEC champ, former UFC champ. If he can get a Bellator belt somewhere along the way, you know, that'd be – Pretty, pretty iconic. Like for those lightweights, all those lightweights that have kind of, kind of come close to, or, 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 or done something similar. I'll give you another example. Anthony Pettis, former W.C. champ, former UFC champ, trying to do this thing over at uh, PFL. Eddie Alvarez, former Bellator champ, former UFC champ, he was at one championship trying to get, you know, a, a belt over there. Gabriel Melendez, former Shooto belt, WEC champ, Strikeforce champ, he was in the UFC trying to get that belt. So uh, there's a lot of lightweights that have kind of tried to get, you know, make history by winning belts elsewhere. Chandler, I guess, Bellator now in UFC. Well, this is what Benson Henders part of, that little fraternity. Uh, this one would be big because if he could win this fight, he's he becomes the lightweight champ because Uzman Nurmagomedov defends along the way, and he would be in the semifinals of the Bellator Grand Prix, and he would be defending the title next
2: against whoever advances. Benson Henderson is a difficult fighter to analyze for me because even at this age, there are times, maybe like rounds, where you look at him and you go, man, can't you just fight like that every round? Like if you did, you would probably still be a a big problem for people. And a lot of times when he takes a loss, it's not because he's absolutely getting blitzed. It's because you feel like he just didn't do enough. And it's kind of frustrating. So, like, I feel like, like, okay, Anthony Pettis is an example. There are times where you feel like he did do a lot. He just got outclassed. Like, you have a a better feeling of where he could be. Benson Henderson just tends to kind of give things away sometimes. And then not really, like, like when you hear him talk about it, I'm sure he cares, but he just comes off so, so calm about it that it, it like, It's tough to watch sometimes. I don't know. Sometimes I get mad. Mm -hmm. But um, this is a fight where I think you're really going to probably, no matter what, see his age a little bit. You know, Nermago Medoff is a tough out, man. And Benson's kind of laid out his plan, you know, uh, three fights and and that's about it. And it'll be a good, really good career. It's just unfortunate that the the back end of the career is what a large group of fans will remember and not like how dominant he was at one point if he loses um on
1: friday this could be it too i don't see Mm -hmm. why he would continue unless he really wants to finish out the contract and scott coker wants to keep him around but you know like I, i feel like he's been around a little bit now past kind of his prime but this is a chance for him to rise to the occasion at the right time yeah that that Uzman's tough, man. He can he likes to strike first, it yeah. seems like, but can rely on the grappling for sure. I mean, he made it look easy against patriki um, Ray Borg versus Kyoji horiyaguchi and Bellator. That's a solid fight, right?
2: I like that one, yeah.
1: Dan Hooker says Usada has visited him more frequently since he accused Islam Makashev of using an IV. Is that fair play? <laughs> or what do you think?
2: It could be, yeah. It's
1: true. I mean, I I doubt Usada would ever admit to it being true, but if that's just kind of the way it worked out, like I mean, what do you want, I guess? Um he kind Cormier, of doubled down too, right? On his statement. Yeah. Cormier is saying Cyril Gon was intimidated by the moment of facing John Jones. Um, does that sound about right? Do mm, yeah. you think he kind I of had a the headlights type of vibe, either on fight week and on the walkout, on the uh, you know touching gloves before the fight started or in the fight itself did did, did you see that because i i think i think i'm on to something i think Cormier's a little on to something here
2: i just think he made a, a really bad mistake mm-hmm. you know in the way that he approached the fight but i don't know that i mean come on let, let's be honest here um it's very difficult for a fighter to be that intimidated in a fight at that level but let alone coming off fighting francis and ganu like mm. if that guy doesn't scare you you're gonna tell me john jones is the one that scared you like i i just think he had a bad night
1: i think Cyril Gan probably felt like what you said i just fought in ganu and i almost won and i just blasted Tito to, to ivasa and i've been in there with Derek lewis what's this guy gonna do to me and i think there was a moment where he realized hold on a second this big cat can grapple and i'm in some trouble and he kind of froze. You know what I mean? Could be. Um, but uh, I always like talking more about the winner rather than the loser and making excuses for the loser. I think Jones was just brilliant. Misha Tate returns the bantamweight. She told me that at the NASCAR races the other day. There's already an announcement. She fights Myra Bueno Silva, Silva at, Uf- at a UFC event on June 3rd. Uh, she wants to. She told me she wants to finish work. She kind of. Had her success, where it all started. And Peter, we'll finish with this, Peter Yan and Marabdel Delvalishvili. What's going on here? The um, Delvalishvili tried to approach him at the fighter hotel. And, you know, do you want to talk? And Peter Yan was like, kind of like, uh, about what? What are you talking about? And the Delvalishvili kind of kept insisting, like, let's talk right now. And I think Peter Yan was like, bro, we're going to fight. Like, plus there's cameras around. I don't think people like getting swarmed with cameras too much. Yeah, because you can't really like whisper into somebody and say I'm gonna fuck you, you know, I'm gonna fuck you up, or mm-hmm. or say those things that you're not supposed to say. That you know, it can be tied to a homophobic slur or a, a racist slur, you know. Or well, once the cameras are around, I think you kind of have to be like, oh, I think we should just see, see each other on Saturday, Marab. No mm-hmm. sense in getting down here in the fighter hotel. You know, <laughs> you, you feel like this other the more proper you comes out. Whereas if there's no cameras around, you might be like, listen to me here, you you know, you bitch or whatever. And then you rattle off whatever it is you want to say, and you don't get in any trouble. So, but, uh, Murab kind of made it a little bit political when it was time for the pre-fight interviews. And he was saying he's Russian and I'm Georgian and there's history. And I'm, I want to make a statement. So, you know, I, I kind of like that type of, pre-fight hype a little bit but i don't like tying it into this because well what does peter Yan have to do with i guess any decisions um you know the the leaders of his
2: country have made in the past or have made presently like you know what i mean right yeah that is kind of odd but i mean he didn't really want to go into too much what it was that that they had but they've had some kind of beef and and he wanted to talk about it I like it because it just gives you one more reason to tune in. I was already in. I mean, those are two really good fighters and it's kind of going under the radar, but uh, I-, I like when you add stuff like that to this. What do
1: you like in the fight.
2: I don't have any problems with Jan. Okay. So really it's hard for me to pick against him because I don't really know that he has too many weaknesses. Mirab. I mean he does get hit, man. And he's a cardio machine, but I think I go Jan slightly though. hmm
1: I'm going with Jan as well. I really love Divajeli's output is cardio. Um, but Jan can match that, and Jan's got some really nice hands. Mm-hmm. But um they're both in a tough spot because Jan's 0-2 against the champ, and is kind of the champ's bestie. So yeah. I don't know what can happen from this. Although really is teased, possibly dropping the flyweight at some point. <coughs> Maybe if his luck runs out here at Bantamweight, he can always drop. Though, Aljamain Sterling's also said, I don't know how many more times I can cut to 35. I may move up, and that mm-hmm. would clear the way for Dhavaljvili. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm re-looking at the quote here, and it says, uh, this fight's personal to me. He's from Russia. I'm from Georgia. We all know Russia. What they're doing to ukraine now like i i don't know i mean i guess if peter yans out there putting out quotes supporting this then maybe this guy wanted to kick some knowledge to him or whatever but i highly doubt he's doing that i mean this guy i think mostly lives in thailand peter yawn does so um yeah i don't know uh, I guess let's bet on 50000 Peter's going to win this fight. Let's bet on 50000 on Alja winning. Hmm. I guess there's a little bit of history there. I don't know. All right, whatever. It, the story's there on MMA Junkie if you want to check it out. And I suppose that other stuff, uh, maybe there's something personal when that stems from Jan and, and Sterling's rivalry. He says he's not a great human is
2: what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but when they ask him about it, he doesn't really want to get into it too much. Nikita Krylov and Ryan Span
1: were supposed to fight a week ago, that got moved to this week. They're gonna be fighting at 215 pounds, but that's a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. They're fighting at the Virgin, I mean, it was uh, the headliner hotel, yeah, here in Las Vegas. It used to be called the Hard Rock, and now it's been rebranded as the Virgin Hotel in Las Vegas. And uh, it's going to take place a little bit earlier. 3 p.m. Pacific is when the main card goes. And then at 6 p.m. Pacific is when Power Slap starts over at the Apex. That's Mm -hmm. on Rumble. It's not even on TV. It's on Rumble. It's not even on UFC Fight Pass. It's not a pay-per-view. It's just happening. Anyway. All right, folks. So we're a little bit caught up here. As always, keep a Locked on MMA Junkie throughout the week so you can get all your latest news. Check out Goes and I on Spinning Backlick Mondays, live, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And as always, we support. We thank you for your support of Junkie Radio, Spinning Backlick, and everything else attached to our work here at MMA Junkie. Have a nice weekend. We'll talk to you all on Monday's show. Go out and be a champion.